Welcome to the Mike Stoker Podcast in the Cabana. I was going to say, we should stop the podcast. I was ready to in the Cabana. In the Cabana. It's a beautiful spring day today. We've got Mike Stoker and Nolan Anderson on Pete Wilson. But he's grateful you have joined us. Noli, we right? do call him Noli. Noli. We have t-shirts made that say everybody needs a Noli. Because everybody does. That's the truth. <laughs> If you, want to get right, if you want to get right down to it. A millennial slant Gen X. Every, or Gen Y. Everybody. Gen Z. Gen, Gen, Gen Z. Anyway, I yeah, multi-generational podcast uh, here in the cabana. We have a baby boomer. We have a Gen X. We have a Gen Z slash millennial. And I would be the baby boomer no that got my first social security check two oh, weeks ago. Did you really? Yeah. Did you take it to Chumash? <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to do that unless they start advertising on the podcast. So, you know, we, don't, we shouldn't give them free uh, publicity. That's a good point. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm not a gambling man. I, yeah. I've never been. lived Life's in Tahoe, gamble. you know, in my earlier life and worked in the showrooms. I actually worked in, I was a waiter in the, in the showrooms. In Were the you Sahara. really? Yeah. When Elvis Presley played our showroom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Uh, well, here we are, you know, uh, the Mike Stoker podcast in the cabana returning after a couple of weeks off. Um, it is warming up. It's a beautiful day in the cabana. The birds are chirping. The skies are blue. There's, you know, we're half a mile from the Pacific Ocean. For those of you joining us all over the world, which we, we see you, we see you out there. Thanks for joining us. And, and, and we did announce... Um, I think we announced a couple of weeks ago on this program that our own beloved Mike Stoker would be joining the race for state assembly, which he has. I, Nolan and I were at the kickoff rally. Uh, his campaign co-chairs are Jordan Cunningham and Brooks Firestone, two well-known names in Republican and political circles here where we are in Santa Barbara, California. So but we're going to get is, to what is that you should you should have you saw it at the kickoff. What is the, the, the greatest asset of the Mike Stoker for assembly campaign? That's not you, Mike. That's right. So what is the greatest? The great, asset? Debbie it's, it's the great Debbie Stoker. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, folks. And that was not prearranged. I mean, I really wanted to see if they got it. And they do. No, we get it. We, yeah, it's the Debbie it. Stoker factor. Uh, and then the, the great logo that you have. Yeah. Those are the two hit. Those are the two secret <laughs> the great weapons. Logo and, and my wife. Yes. And I'm just there to just talk about the issues, which so, is the boring part of a campaign, <laughs> which we'll talk about the today part, a little the bit. The boring part as well. It's this is exciting. We're going to talk about the campaign a little bit later on. Uh, we've been before we came on here. We were talking a little bit about Ukraine. There's also a few polls. So here's here's when you know it's going bad. <laughs> Okay, here's we're not talking about my campaign. No, I just want to. No, we're not talking about the Stoker campaign, (laughs) which is going. We're probably talking about President Biden and and what's going on nationally. Here's when here's when you know it's going bad. When NBC News, NBC News, and their most recent poll on the direction of the country shows that twenty two percent two two say the country's going in the right direction and 71%, 71% say it's on the wrong track. So when NBC, you know, if, if other outlets, you might, you know, well, you when any, no, 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 let's cut it. When anybody news. says 22%, that's, 
that that's not yeah, a good yeah, thing that's for a good a point yeah, but especially maybe especially if especially, it's nbc yeah. news um 22 right track so you know there there are problems there's inflation there's growing food shortages there's a lot going on which i'd love to get i know we're going to talk about ukraine mike but i'd like you to, to get your take on like you know, if you go to if you go to certain Twitter feeds, I mean, you'd think we're heading down the road of no return here as a country. I mean, what's your assessment well, of where I, we are? If you think, you know, we've been doing our podcast since I think last August, nine months, and well, we yeah we were doing it because we were talking about you know the failures in how we you know left Af- Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and what I if you think about it. I've been saying it over and over and over and over that if you look at all the polling, and that's why originally we started saying we'll start the show with what were the current poll results. The polling has only gotten worse in terms of right direction, wrong direction, favorable, unfavorable for the president consistently point by point by point every show we've done since August. And I've said, you tell me what's going to turn around. Is inflation going to turn around? And, and we've talked about in prior shows, you you have he has to be willing. And maybe when he gets to a 22 percent, that's the 22 percent that are saying we're in the right direction is the progressive socialist side of the Democratic Party. That's what's left. It's not mainstream Democrats anymore. Twenty two percent is the far extreme. And that is that is who the president has been catering to which has led to a lot of the crazy policies we have that, I mean, Trump, regardless, and we've talked about it, I mean, Trump was his own worst enemy, but when you, it, we've talked about it over and over, people didn't vote against the policies, they voted against the man. Mm-hmm. One thing Trump did was shut down the border. Biden completely reversed him on day one, and now we have open borders, and we have a total, total chaos on the borders in terms of illegal immigration, and then all the crime waves that come with that illegal immigration. Um, you have on the national security front, started with Afghanistan sending the wrong messages of being a weak leader, and and then followed it up with comments like, well, with when when Putin was saying he was going to attack Ukraine, and the president was responding to, well, you know, the response would be different. It would depend if it was a quote minor incursion um things like that he's just his rhetoric words matter for a president and so now what we have is we have a situation where i mean the world is watching this madman i mean you know this man i mean you had people like lindsey graham and and other republican leaders uh mitch mcconnell calling putin a madman six nine months ago and the president just finally has kind of gotten to the point where he's saying that this this man is a war criminal. I mean, everybody sees it on TV. We all see what's going on. And, you know, there is I don't see any way out of Ukraine that the president wins on now. So and then you get to inflation, you get to inflation and he won't maybe with a 22 percent you know, um, approval rating. I, I don't think he will because he's drunk. He has drunk the Kool-Aid. It, it, we talked about this last September. 
what precipitates inflation are your high energy costs. The high energy costs were created by his energy policies. When he shut down the Keystone Pipeline, when he shut down fracking, when he shut down domestic production through his executive orders, in December of 2020, the last month of the Trump presidency, we were pumping 1.5 million barrels more a day in the United States domestically than we are now. That's from the president's policies. Those pro policies led to high energy costs. Energy is what energy drives. I mean, go back to Jimmy Carter in the late 1980s or 70s uh, when we had gas lines and odd even days at the gas pump. You are you weren't even born then, were you, Noli? No. Noli no, wasn't no, even no. around then. No, not even close. Dean was probably in Newborn. diapers in his mom's yeah. dad's car, waiting right. in a gas in a line. Gas line, right? And if you know, depending on your it was, license Ray, it was plate, in that moment that I knew Ronald Reagan was the answer. I, you did as a two-year-old. <laughs> as a two-year-old, you go, and and and, and this wouldn't have happened with Ronald Reagan, with George Bush, with Donald Trump. I mean, that the energy. Prices would not have, you know, we would have continued to be producing and the and the price of energy would have been lowered. What people don't understand is energy drives inflation because when energy costs go up, food, everything goes up because of transportation costs. When your energy costs go up, you got to pay for the transportation, whether it's by rail, whether it's by, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, by a marine vessel, cargo ships. The higher energy cost is what drives inflation. So that's what was the precipitator of all this. And so, you know, I was saying, we were saying last September, do you see anything? I mean, we're not even anymore talking about crime. We used to talk about that four months ago. That's not working to the president's advantage. Crime is still up as much as it's always been. But it's like with Ukraine out there and inflation as bad as it is and gas prices as bad as it is, we're not even talking about the people that just are going into the in downtown major cities, breaking the 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 you know the the, the windows, stealing the stuff out, because they're not even worried about being arrested and prosecuted. Um, there's nothing on the president's scorecard, in my opinion, that between now and next November changes, which is why I believe. And if you talk to, I've talked to five or six. People, some of the people I respect more than anything in the cons political consulting business that have been, you know, running campaigns, really know the, you know, they, the trends where the public is. Every single person I know believes this is going to be the biggest Republican wave of their lifetime. Because, because, because I mean, twenty-two percent. Every president in the midterm, the first midterm election, loses, loses. Right. Popular presidents. Right. I mean, we're talking Ronald Reagan, Obama, Obama. I mean, there was a little bit of Obamacare that hurt him in his midterm. Uh, George Bush, in, you know, in his first term um, was was very popular. And, and every president in the last 50 years in their first midterm election, their party has done horrible in the midterm. You have a president with a 22 percent approval rating. This is un this is unprecedented. And and that's why. You know, everyone I know in the consulting, the political consulting business believes that this will be the biggest Republican wave that they ever have seen in their lifetime. 
Nolan, what planet does one have to be on? Or, or let me put it this way. How many pharmaceutical products does one have to participate in to be part of the 22% that things are, that think that things are going well well in this country right now? I I don't even know. I, so I was in, I mean, I was in New York city this last week and it was the, the city that I had been in when I was, you know, probably back in 2016. Um, and in the city that I was in this time, it was very different. Um, and even talking to people, they, they know, I mean, not only with the exit of people leaving because of COVID, but also just because of these policies that you're talking about, Mike. A lot of it's crime. And a lot of it is crime. I mean, during, and, yeah, a lot yeah. of the crime wave over the last two years, all major cities, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the Democrat, more progressive, anti-police mm-hmm. states, you've seen a mass exodus because mm-hmm. people wanted to, you know, you see it here, how many, our, our home prices here in Santa Barbara County are off the chart because of the exodus from L.A., with people that moved to Riverside, San Bernardino, Palm Springs, they've moved north because they wanted to get away from the crime. Mm-hmm. And they believed that coming out of COVID, they would be able to telework more from home mm-hmm. so they didn't have to stay in that major city yeah. anymore. That's yeah. a fact. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. The, yeah any no, realtor yeah. would tell you that. And I mean, the so you see you see the effects there, right? And people aren't happy. Um, I think the, re, the reason that there is a 22% that is interested or it, believes that this is we're going in the right direction is because they don't like the policies of maybe other states that i mean i would say are going in the right direction but they just they well, i don't like that option so we the, the option that i have has to be good i don't like what florida is doing i don't like what texas is doing so what i have in california what i have in new york what i have in X, you know wherever that must be the right answer and so what's the reason why I, they don't like what is going I mean, on the, in florida how could you not like what's going on in florida but, Great question. You gotta, you gotta hey, can, I mean, can somebody look, answer that yeah, question? No, I mean, I, I think that DeSantis is probably one of the smartest people that has been in, especially, you know, gubernatorial politics. But I mean, at a state level, this, I mean, he's sharp. He knows what he's doing. He's He has the policies of, of Trump, but he's a likable person as well. So that's, I mean, that's a win win. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's, we can talk about the parental, uh, um, parental rights and education bill. Um, what opponents have called the don't say gay bill, which is probably one of the stupidest names because it doesn't even say that word in there. So I don't know. Nolan, when you were a young, when you were a Uh five-year-old, did you know about your teacher's sex life? No, I would hope. I didn't either. I'm glad I did. And you know what? As a (laughs) five-year-old focused on the jungle gyms, (laughs) I didn't want to know about their sex life. As a a 22-year-old in college, I still don't want to know. Right. You know? Right. as there, a 66 year old yeah. <laughs> got, got his first social security check a couple of weeks ago. I don't want to know. Mike doesn't yeah, want to know. I don't want to know. There's a time and place to, you know, to have these, you know, among friends or family outside, or, or your family, parents or my, yeah, exactly. right. outside of maybe the, the professional world outside of the education world. Maybe, you know, I was, if I was, uh, you know, went back to work back to school, and we are now peers as two educators and we have we you know we have a friendship and we have you know we have serious conversations that's different than if i'm a senior in high school if i'm a you know i don't care how old i am i don't really want to know about yeah. my professor my teacher's sex life that's none of my business let's not talk about it but I, let's uh, get back i want to get back anyway. to your question because you asked noli noli 
You ask Nolay about the 22%. He goes, right. well, it's just people thinking maybe these other states. I, I, I'm going to go back to what I started the show with. I think the 22% are the people that really want to see this country be a socialist country. They're the progressives. Because so this is right on track. No, What's happening right, is right on track right, for what, they, what want. they want. Uh, where the government takes over, government knows better, and, you know, basically a progressive state, and you can see it with the tax policies that the president is promoting, that they have been promoting for, for decades. Um, because if you take what Nolan just said, people wanting what they want in other states, it's not that. Because California is one of those states. California is one of those that has voted very, very left. But look at our current polling. Right now, our polling of people in the state say 69% California is headed in the wrong direction or Governor Newsom. Mm -hmm. So even the people in our state that have wanted what you were saying, yeah, well, but, but people are many, looking, I mean, affluent, you know, how many affluent progressives have left to places like Austin to play, you know what I mean? But, well, know, or not even, or how York about the, how about the environmentalists? Yeah. You know, we're an environmental state and Elon Musk is in, yeah. is in Austin taking yeah. Tesla there because California, the green state couldn't even keep them because Elon said, you know, Hey, your regulatory policies, I'm not going to do business with California anymore. And so I'm leaving. But the bottom line is even Californians don't want what California has mm -hmm. right now. That's what the polling is showing overwhelmingly. Mm -hmm. And the recall election, and you know, I hear this all the time with people. So what about the recall election? The recall election is not a gauge because history will show you that people have a much higher standard to throw somebody out of office that has been elected in a recall. Mm -hmm. You have to almost commit a crime. Um, and I told people, I told a lot of the people that originally were pushing the re recall election, don't do a recall because you can't win a recall. Wait for the normal election cycle. Mm -hmm. That's when you take, and it was only a year, you know, now we're in the this election year. cycle. Um, but right now, current polling, California, legitimate current polling is showing between 62 and 69 percent of Californians believe California is headed in the wrong direction under Governor Newsom, mm -hmm. which means they don't like what's going on, whether it's the COVID policies, whether it's the government mandates, whether it's the proposal for increase in taxes, whether it's the proposal to remove business properties from Prop 13 protection. For anybody in the, that polling, it could be any one of or all of those things. But 62 to 69 percent of California voters believe we're headed in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So even Californians are 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 not in that 22 percent. Mm -hmm. They nor normally Californians, because we're a Democrat state and more liberal and more progressive, would be in that favorable rating for a Democrat president. But when a Democrat president only has a 22% approval rating, it means a whole bunch of Californians, a whole bunch of New Yorkers, a whole bunch of New Jerseyans that are Democrat are, are saying, this is not the road that I want to go down. Right. I mean, that's the bottom line. Can I ask a math question? So I'm trying to understand this. So Joe Biden said the other day that you can save $80 a month if you get an electric car yeah now, but i did the math the other day on an electric car at a moderate version not, not do you know how long it would take you to break even at 80 dollars a month 
let me give you a let me give Four you a years. hint. 52 years. That's a mortgage. 52 years it takes you to break. <laughs> Why did he say that out loud? People have calculators. Yeah. People right? can say, well, gee, Marge, uh, yeah, well, let's, yeah, do, let's, let's do the math. This, right? It would take 52 years yeah. to break even. Now, we're all, the Mike Stoker podcast could not be more environmentally sensitive. We are about clean air, clean water. This man worked for the EPA for Pete's sake. He's all about the environment. But I'm just, as a layperson, going, Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Yeah. Do they? We have calculators on the phone, on your iPhone. You actually have a calculator built in. Fifty-two years, Nolly. That's. I mean, that's that's like me buying a house and getting a fifty-year mortgage on. What's the? I mean, if I'm still driving the same car, and you, I, you, I, you might be I'm living tired. in the car. Yeah, that's true. You I might, might be living in the car. You might be living in the yeah. car. Uh, and I'm all. Hey, I'm all for electric cars, but you know, the bottom line is there's issues that people forget, like he implied. The president like we wouldn't have this energy problem if we just would drive you know electric cars well the electric cars have to plug in somewhere and the electricity is coming from your traditional sources that's the bottom line and then you get into the we've talked about in prior shows i mean you have a, an epa internally we talked about it and i know the current administration of the epa is talking about it as a huge huge issue is dealing with the disposal or dealing with the the, 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 the batteries of the electric cars is a major, major toxic waste issue that nobody has even talked about because they live a life cycle and they have to then be disposed of. It's a huge toxic waste issue. Um, but having said that, I mean, I'm all for electric cars, but we still have to have energy. <laughs> and right now, until everybody's electric and until we somehow have sustainable uh, you know, electricity coming from solar, wind and whatever. And that you have to transition. It doesn't happen overnight. And that's why we have inflation, because we are a, we are an economy still relying on natural gas and oil and gas. And that's not going to happen overnight, no matter what Joe Biden says, no matter what Joe Biden thinks. I mean, and, and no matter how much he wants to be in la la land, um, the bottom line is that we rely on gas and electricity, you know, right now, go look at our, we're, you know, you say we're how far from the ocean? Half a, a mile. mile. Half a mile. And we're like literally two, 300 yards from the 101 freeway. How much traffic do you see out there every day? Nonstop. Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. Bumper to bumper. Okay. I mean, some of them are electric cars, but the bottom line is we are a, economy and driven by natural gas and and in some places coal and oil and gasoline and you can't transition that overnight and if you try to transition that overnight and you shut down that part of the industry what you will do then is in, in you will create significantly substantially higher energy costs which leads to inflation which started on day one of the biden administration which is why, I mean, when he tries to say Putin's responsible for the gasoline cost, I mean, again, when you say, why does he say what he says? Every one of us knows that the the, the war started in Ukraine on February 24th. We all know what the gasoline prices were on February 23rd. Also, I mean, I mean it's, yeah. yeah, it's gone up another dollar, but it, it, it it's two dollars higher than it was. A year and a half ago, mm -hmm. you know, under under the Trump energy policy, 
So every time he says something like that, he loses that much more credibility, which is exactly why he's at a 22% approval rating. Because people right now are looking at this president as not presidential, as not a leader, um, as not somebody that has credibility when he talks. That's that's the bottom line. When right. you look at the 22% approval rating. Were you going to say something? I was saying, well, I think you might agree a point. You know, he, Biden has been saying, oh, well, it's Putin's fault. It's Putin's fault. You know, this is the president that, you know, on the campaign trail was saying, well, the buck stops somewhere. You know, I'm going to be a president that takes responsibility for things. You know, it's it's not anybody else's fault. To, you know, it's the office, the president's, you know, we're, we're responsible. And then to turn around and say, well, it's not, oh, it's not my fault. It's this other guy, over, you know, really? But, it, but that's like, been... You know, that's and, been and his modus operandi exactly, on exactly, every issue. He has exactly. not owned it. Afghanistan. Yes. I mean, I can go down. You know, I mean, he, he, he was blaming the, the you know, our, the surge of illegal immigration on Trump. If you remember last May, he's going, well, these were the Trump policies uh -huh. that led to this. No, the Trump, they knew that they could not come into this country and they didn't come. The, the surge started the day after he gave, you know, the, the, the you know, the inaugural address mm -hmm. because he he signpost open borders. Mm -hmm. When you signpost open borders to people that and I God bless them. I, I if I was in 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 Central America or, or Mexico, I'd want to come to the United mm -hmm. States of America. Mm -hmm. I'd want my children born here and become U.S. citizens. God bless those people. But when you signpost open borders. You, they're going to come. When you signpost to Putin minor incursion, he's going to attack. When you signpost to the Afghan Afghan folks that we're withdrawing no matter what, in 30 days, hard date, it's going to be gone. They're going to then respond. I mean, mm -hmm. words matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the words of this president is why he has a 22% approval rate. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about the Stoker campaign after the break. Stay with us. This is the Mike Stoker podcast. This is Drew Wakefield with the Mike Stoker podcast in the Cabana One Minute Charity Nonprofit Shoutout. Today we feature Santa Barbara Education Foundation. Together we can make an impact because great schools just don't happen. Santa Barbara Education Foundation, SBEF, provides and supports programs that enrich the academic, artistic, and personal development of all students in the Santa Barbara Unified School District. Academic support, music and arts, literacy, early childhood development, and mental health. The Santa Barbara Education Foundation Hope Awards will be held Thursday, April 28th from 5.30 to 8 p.m. at the Historical Museum. Funds raised will go to help students from the Santa Barbara Unified School District who are socioeconomically disadvantaged. Many of these families' financial situations have become more dire on account of COVID, and we would be helping to pay for basic items such as shoes, blankets, jackets, and backpacks. For more information about this event, you can go to info at santabarbaraeducation.org or call 805-284-9125. Welcome back to the Mike Stoker Podcast in the Cabana. Beautiful spring day. Nolan Anderson, Mike Stoker, and Dean Wilson. We're so glad you've joined us from wherever you are. You're joining us from all around the world. 
We welcome you. For those of you very well, I, I read the list. I, I don't have it on my dashboard. The Mariana Spain, Islands, Mariana yeah, Island, France. France, Great Britain, yeah, Uganda. What else? No, I'm not looking at the oh, list. I don't know. Let me, let All me over the place, but oh, and uh, I'm an internet. I, you know, I'm an international kind of guy. Man of mystery. Man yeah. of mystery. Yeah, and and then for those of you that are joining us here in Santa Barbara County, you may be aware that Mike is running for state assembly. The election is coming this fall. And it's a good time for us to get into a little bit of, I thought it'd be good for Mike to, to be able to share uh, why, I mean, of course, the million dollar question is, why are you running? Uh, but I was going to say just on the heels of the conversation we just had, on the heels of looking, I look at the polling every day, just uh, a broad range of things. But it would just seem to me that if 65 or 70 percent of Californians think that we're heading in the wrong direction, then any establishment or incumbent or Democrat is in trouble. I mean, I'm, I'm not a political scientist. I'm just a guy over here looking at some poll numbers. But but what is your assessment, Mike, of, I mean, as you obviously you're running for all the right reasons, but you're also paying attention to the to the environment that we're in politically what is your assessment about how that's going to affect your campaign? Well, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, people in the political consulting business thinking this is going to be one of the biggest Republican waves uh, in their lifetime. All those people will tell you that they've never seen a time that it, that you do not, there's never been a time where having an incumbent, title on a ballot republican or democrat being the incumbent being a, a county supervisor a city councilman a state assemblyman if that's your title it's it's the least favorable now than ever right now nobody likes nobody likes the when you don't like the direction you don't like anybody in office um and so i guess you know first let me how did i get here and why am i doing it um, if you would have asked me, I mean, I've been an elected official, uh, I've campaigned before and won, I've campaigned before and lost, I've campaigned for a lot of other people. If you would have asked me three months ago if I would have ever run for a elected office again, I'd say absolutely not. I mean, I, I was at the Turner Foundation dinner with Greg Hart. I, I suggested to you to invite him. If you remember way back when I was saying, invite him because he'll be our next assemblyman probably because nobody's going to run against him that's where i was thinking and i mean folks i'm an honest guy i mean i'm telling you exactly how things came down um you know we invited several elected officials which is what you know foundations do to, to, to when they they have their annual uh fundraisers um in november i thought the last thing i would ever do would be run for office my wife in early january back to what we said starting the show my greatest asset is my wife debbie stoker my wife said you know mike i'm going to support you no matter what but you're the guy that always says nobody has a right to complain about how things are unless you do whatever you can to do something about it for some reason for some people at a minimum that's voting um you know i'm a firm believer if you don't vote you don't have a right to complain for other people, it's being the activists that get out there and campaign for the candidates and the issues and the initiatives to change. And, and Debbie said to me, she goes, you know, there's a handful of people. That's the person. 
the agent of change. That's you. And, you know, if there's ever a time with how things are going so wrong in the state, and she she said, I know how, you, I mean, I saw what you did at EPA. I know what you did as a county supervisor. Um, many people remember me. My nickname was 4-1 Mike. I was in the minority in the County Board of Supervisors. And they saw me make major good change for county government to support law enforcement, to support small businesses, uh, to support taxpayer, the taxpayer, um, support parents. Um, kind of those were the things I fought for as a county supervisor. And we actually made that change. And I did it from the minority. And Debbie said, if anybody can make a, a, a difference in the state, it's you. And I just I hope you'll give it a, you know some thought. And, uh, you know, I'm a pretty um, I'm a strong person of strong Christian faith. My favorite probably portion of the Bible is uh, the portion where Saul from Taurus is, you know, on the road to Damascus and, you know, and actually converts with, you know, the, the Lord Jesus Christ going, you know, Saul, why, why are you, uh, you know, persecuting me? Um, Saul having presided over the first martyr's execution, Stephen, and literally converts on the road to Damascus and becomes Paul, the 12th apostle who writes more than New Testament it's a debate whether he or Luke wrote more, uh, but writes substantial amount of the New Testament. And that's one of the favorite parts of the Bible for me. And I, in, you know, in my last 20, 30 years, I can't tell you how often my, my prayer is, Lord, you know, what do you, I, I, I'm your servant. What do you want me to do? And Debbie said, hey, think this out. I really, I stand by you, but I hope you'll rethink it. Um, I did a lot of prayer. My pastor, Tommy Snyder, had heard that I was thinking of running and went, Pastor Tommy uh, from Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara, one day after ch church in January came up and did a huddle prayer. I said, Mike, I hear you're running. And I go, well, you know, I've been praying a lot if it's the, you know, for the Lord to send me messages or send me a sign. So we, we just huddled prayer and Tommy said, you know, open the doors if it's meant to run. Shut, slam the doors if it's not. Debbie and I went on a, a trip in early February. A bunch of Republican leaders um, decided to do polling and came to me and said, when you get back from your trip, we're going to have polling. And hopefully you'll reconsider if the polling shows you you're going to win. And I committed then. It was kind of that transition. I said, look, if the polling shows I can win, I'll run. Uh, came back from the trip. Polling showed I was basically one point up. And... You know, I'm a man of my word, so, uh, you know, I got in the race. And, you know, what the race is all about, it's a pretty simple concept. Um, what we've been talking about in the first part of the show. If you believe California's headed in the right direction under Governor Newsom, vote for my opponent. Because he has supported all those policies. He is a rank-and-file, very partisan Democrat, never has opposed the governor, on any of the policies, has supported the governor on all the policies. And then in the assembly, he'll do the exact same thing. Um, you know, I think we're headed on the wrong track and I, I'm, you know, I'm going to be fighting for a new direction for California. My opponent last summer, he led the efforts to defund the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department and the DA's department. I'm, I'm, I'm well known in 30 plus years of public service have always been with law enforcement, never wavered, never even a question mark. 
our cops, our DAs know if I was in the, in the assembly, if there was some bill that, that came up that was anti-law enforcement, they don't have to knock on my door. I'm not going to support it. I'm always going to support law enforcement. I'm always going to have their back. I have at home a Blue Lives Matter shirt. <laughs> Had it for five years. I guarantee my opponent doesn't have a Blue Lives Matter. You know, I, I think all lives matter. But the point was when everybody was trying to make a point of identifying, you know, Black Lives Matter or this Lives Matter, all lives matter. But nobody was talking about the cops. The cops were under attack. And my opponent led the effort to defund them last year. Last year. Um, my opponent, you know, I've always been a guy, what I said earlier, well known as a county supervisor. I was the guy known for, you know, supporting business, getting rid of crazy rules and mandates at the county level that did nothing to help the environment, often in the name of supposedly helping the environment, but added a lot of extra costs and a lot of extra delay to our businesses. I was the guy that led the effort to remove a lot of that stuff um, and, and was very successful in it. Well, California, we talked about Elon Musk, the green company, Tesla, even they moving out of California. Why? Elon said because of the rules and mandates of the state. He went to, to Austin. And, you know, the bottom line is if you're going to have, um, you know, if you, you, you want to have a more business friendly state, if you want to have somebody that's going to be promoting policies to keep our small businesses here, not passing mandates and regulations that put them out of business or move to, causing them to move to other states, that's my opponent. He's he's passing. He supports what the Democrats and the majority have been passing, what are called California Chamber every year has job killer bills. I guarantee every year that I'm in the assembly, I'll vote against 99% of those job killer bills and my opponent will vote for 99% of them because that's what he's beholden to. That's his caucus. That's his direction. And then finally, you know, taxes. Um, you know, I was former president of the Santa Barbara County Taxpayer Association. Howard Jarvis normally takes three to four months for a non-incumbent candidate to make an endorsement. In my campaign, it took him four days. And I got the call um, from John Capal, the president, going, Mike, you know, Taxpayer Association knows where you are. We never have to worry. My opponent has approved every fee tax assessment ever put before him and even supported the initiative to remove business properties from Prop 13 protection. Um, so, I mean, if, if you want somebody that believes, you know, if you if you want somebody that is going to support law enforcement, I'm your guy. If you want somebody that's going to defund law enforcement, Greg Hart's your guy. If you want somebody that believes parents know better what's best for their children than government, I'm your guy. If you want somebody that believes and has supported policies and has basically literally said government is smarter than parents when it comes to policies for their children, Greg Hart's your guy. If you want to have somebody that's going to pass more and more mandates and, um, and regulations that are going to cause our small businesses to go out of business and move to other states, Greg's your guy. If you want somebody that's going to stand up for small business owners, I'm your guy. And when it comes to taxes, you know, if you think the problem is with revenues in this state is we don't have enough taxes and you need more of them, Greg's your guy. That's what this campaign is all about. I mean, could it be, I mean, and it gets back to the hub, the theme. Do you think we're headed in the right direction? Greg's your guy. Want to keep going in this direction? He's your man. If you want to change in direction and you want a new course, you want to do a reset, 
I'm your guy. That's what the campaign's all about. And you're the great Debbie Stoker. This is not a woman who has punched the ticket on the right side her whole life, from my understanding. No, she's not a Republican. Right. She was a Democrat in Chicago. I mean, I'm much more Democrat. Um, you know, Debbie, um, Debbie has often told me, I mean, before I ever, again, only three months ago, I never thought I would run. You know, long before that, Debbie often has said to me, you know, if, if my image of the Republican Party was what you stand for, what I hear you say, how you, you know, advocate things and what you advocate, I'd be a Republican. But Debbie will tell you that I, I think our party has done a bad job um, uh, of, of promoting our brand, so to speak. Now, I'm a Republican that's more of a libertarian Republican. Um, you know, I have my personal belief socially, but that's not why I'm a Republican. And I think our party often takes our social social issues and puts that in the forefront of the party platforms. And I think that's a mistake. I think uh, what should be in the forefront are your economic policies, are your policies for the taxpayer, policies for law enforcement, policies for small business, all the things I just talked about. That's why I'm running. I'm not running for social issues. I think our party has sent a message to people like my wife, who is uh, 10 years younger than me. And I think, you know, in, in her lifetime, she saw the social issues probably of the Republican Party be looked at in her mind as more important as the party platform than the economic issues, which I don't think it is, but I think we've done a, a bad job promoting our platform and what we're all about. But Debbie was a Democrat in, 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 in uh, Chicago, moved to California about 12 years ago and re kind of registered, I think really represents really what the vast majority of Californians are, Santa Barbans are, what people of this country are. You know, the biggest growing party is not the Democrat or Republican Party anymore. It's the decline to state. It's the independence. It's people saying, I don't want a party affiliation. I mean, it, we ask Nolan, a.k.a. Noli, um, you know, what do the millennials and the Gen Z's think? I bet he would say, and I want to hear when I finish what I'm saying here, I want to get your input. He would say in his generation, people are like going, they, they don't want to identify with a party anymore. They want to identify and they'll vote for the person. Or they'll vote for, you know, whatever the person they can relate to. That's and Debbie became an independent. Um, and she's but she's not a Republican. And when we, I, 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 you know, one of the things I'm, I was honored, you were both at the announcement. Um, I've been involved with politics almost all my life, certainly since 1982. Um, and I mean, from presidential announcements, gubernatorial, mayor, mayoral, city council, supervisor races, I don't remember in my lifetime one candidate having their wife introduce them. It's generally... This state senator introduces the person. This president introduces the person. Why I had my wife introduce me was one, she was the one that said, Mike, I hope you reconsider. If it wasn't, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be running. And two, I really think my wife represents, in my opinion, kind of the best of California, of Californians, Santa Barbarans, that really want a, a better California and, and, and want, regardless of party affiliation, you know, policies that will support our businesses, policies that will support our police and law enforcement, 
policies that will support our parents. It doesn't have anything to do with party affiliation. It has to do with an agenda. That's what she supports. And that's why she is a that's why she said I, i'll support you 100 percent whatever you decide but i really think you should be the person she wasn't saying that to be you know help your republican party out she was saying that to help our state out that's what it was all about and that's why it meant so much to me for me to to have her introduce me and i don't think any i can't remember any candidate having an announcement party that the wife was the one or if it's a woman running, the husband was the one. Um, but, you know, we're a team. You know, when you're dealing with, you know, Greg Hart, if you're listening, you know, you're not running against Mike Stoker. You're running, running against Team Stoker. And Team Stoker is Mike and Debbie Stoker. And then thousands of soldiers that are behind the two of us. And uh, any of you listening right now, I hope you'll become a soldier and join Team Stoker. Go to my website, www.stokerforassembly.com. Email me if you want, my personal email. I guarantee most politicians don't do that. I've got to tell you, I've never considered myself a politician. I'm a public servant. I'll tell you the reason why in a second. But, you know, you can email me at mikestoker at AOL.com. That's my personal email. Obviously, if I can have my name with AOL, that means I've had that for about 30 to 40 years. <laughs> Back to getting the Social Security check. That's how old I am. I was there right when AOL began, um, which is why I haven't changed. I, my son keeps going, why do you do AOL? You know, I mean, millennials and Gen Zs will go, are you crazy? Because my name is Mike Stoker at AOL.com. Everybody knows. So email me, go to my website. But now you, you want to know the difference between a public servant and a politician? Mm-hmm. Nelly's looking really intense and interested. I've never seen him look like that. He's like all in. I go, shed some coffee. <laughs> this, he's like the philosophical, the philosopher king here. <laughs> you know, like, uh, no, I'm not the philosopher king. But this is true, gang. I guarantee it. Apply this test to anybody you know in elected office, and it, it, it works. Whether you're Republican or Democrat, the politician, it's the best paying job they've ever had. And they don't have a real job to go to in the private sector if they lose it. The public servant, it's the worst paying job they've had. And they do have a real job to go to in the private sector if they lose that office. By that definition in my entire life, every time I've held public office, I have been a public servant or been appointed by a governor or appointed by a president. I have been a public servant because I took a pay decrease and I always had that real job to go to. My opponent has not had any real jobs in the private sector. He's been working in the public sector his entire life. If he doesn't have his county supervisor job, and if he doesn't win this assembly race, he doesn't have a paycheck. That's the definition of a politician. Huh, I never heard that. Hmm, that's good. But apply, and it applies to Democrats and Republicans. There's, I know plenty of good friends of mine in state you know, in back in Washington or in Sacramento mm-hmm. that have never, they graduated from college, became an intern for some assembly person, Congress, whatever, ultimately ran, but they've never worked in the real world one day in their life. Anybody in that category is the politician because they need that job more than anything because they don't get a paycheck if they don't. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. public servant doesn't need that job to make a living and, a, and, and provide for their family and 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 make and and have a living. They don't need it. They, we take a pay 
pay decrease. Hmm. That's a public servant. Fascinating. Fascinating. You heard it here in the podcast. You now know the difference between politician and and a public public servant. That's very interesting. Stokerforassembly.com is the website. I'd encourage people to check it out. Nolan, do you care about this race? I mean, so I think this is interesting. When I talk to friends about voting, and I there's a few in my house that I like. We we just got recently we received the mail in California. Say, hey, is this where you are? We want to make sure that you get out, you know your mail in ballots and da, da, da. And I'm like going to each one of them. Like you need to sign this. I'll put it in the mailbox, but you need to check this and sign this. And they're like, yeah, well, like, I don't really, I don't want to. I'm like, no, like th- this isn't this isn't a conversation. You're a citizen, and if it was, you know, I. It's either you vote or you lose your right to vote. I mean, like, this is really important. Right. You know, there's a lot of people around the world that would, you know, literally put their life on the line to get here so they could have this experience to do this. Um, so when it comes down to state, you know, presidential, of course, is, you know, really important. And all the way down to, you know, the, the I don't know, comptroller race, you know, I, something weird. All of them are important because the more that, you know, local government seems frivolous. But local government actually makes a big difference in my daily life. What the president does probably won't affect me. You know, it does not affect my commute to work. It does not affect, you know, the, the zoning laws that in my city. It does not, you know, by and large. But a race like this, this does affect me. This affects gas prices. This affects, you know, transportation. This affects infrastructure. It affects a lot of things, whether or not it's Mike or somebody else. You know, someone that I like or someone that I agree with their policies or somebody I don't. That makes a big difference. You heard it first right there from Nolan Anderson, the chairman of Millennials for Stoker. I'll take it. Well, and chairman of, (laughs) when he wears the other hat, of Gen Gen Z. Gen Z or Millennials. Gen Z's for Stoker. Gen Z and Millennials for Stoker. Yeah. So, So, Nolan, well said. Thank you. So your job is either to get them out to vote for me, or if they're going to vote for the other guy, don't Make have sure, a vote. Yeah, yeah. Oh well. And you just yeah. said a lot of them may not even care. Well, but you know what? We said year... we started the show saying, you know what, folks, if you don't like what's going on and you don't vote, then you can't complain. Mm-hmm. I don't even care mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna vote for the other my opponent, vote for my opponent, but vote. Mm-hmm. You know. Nolan got it so right. So many people in so many other parts of the of the world wish they had the rights of what Americans have, you know. And that's why when you see elections in countries like that, you know, lined up for hours and in the snow, uh, because to be able to democracy to be able to vote, vote and pick your leader in so many parts of the the world is something that's a relatively a, a, a new thing that you know they they were under you know they they were in a dictatorship they were in a communist state they were in a socialistic state and so many people wish we had the rights that we have and then so many of us don't exercise those rights you know and i think i guess in closing uh, i think a good segue is what's so much more right now at this point at least in my life um it's more important than my race for assembly or anything else um, is is basically when you look to the people of Ukraine and what what's going on in Ukraine and the genocide. And now the the president 
originally when he started some Mickey Mouse sanctions and then kept imposing harsher sanctions because basically Congress was going to do it if he wanted. And originally his first comment was, well, let's, when he first announced very weak sanctions, well, let's check it out 30 days from now. But that was 45 days ago. And we see what's going on. I mean, when we see the pictures on TV with grandmother's children that are with hands tied behind their back. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty emotional guy. I mean, I'm about ready to cry because I was thinking of those pictures yesterday. Um, I mean, this war criminal, this thug, this evil man, you know, Putin. I mean, if the world doesn't now know what this man is all about, and if the world doesn't come together, I mean, if the United Nations means anything, now's the time for them to finally take the kind of actions that they can take and should take. And, and we need to all pray for the people of Ukraine. Some of the, 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 you know, I just, those people, they remind me, I think, of our roots of this country, the Minutemen that took on the greatest empire, you know, the British. And we defied the odds, you know, like for every one of us, there were 10 of them. And we defied the odds because we wanted freedom so much. And we've lost that in this country. We really have. We've lost that sense. I think we're we're that we're there's a rebirth of in this country of what we're all about, and and freedom is the core of it all. And by watching what goes on in Ukraine, we realize how how great what we realize the roots of our country, and we realize what this country was all about, what our founders were all about, and it all is about the word freedom. And that's what those people are giving their lives up for. And every night I go to sleep, you know, I pray for a lot of things. But I end my prayers with prayers for the people of Ukraine. And this is kind of a biblical David versus Goliath. And let's just hope, let's pray that in our modern world, David will prevail over Goliath. Mm -hmm a very evil, evil, evil Goliath, that if you don't see evil with what Russia has done, and there needs to be consequences when this is over one way or the other, in terms of how the world community responds to Russia and allows them to be part of the world community, as long as Putin is in power, they should not be given a seat in the world community in terms of trade, in terms of the economy, anything else. As long as Putin's in power, I don't care how this comes out, that no nobody in the world community, and this is going to be a real test for the United Nations on how strong they're willing to be. And they should, Russia should have their seat in the Security Council revoked and taken out. But our prayers day in and day out should be with the people of Ukraine. Well said. Another wonderful day in the cabana, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. This is the Mike Stoker podcast in the cabana. You can visit Mike's campaign at stokerforassembly.com. Hope you do. We'll see you next time.